Ladies and gentlemen, today on the Lockdown Blues podcast, it's a season review of the St. Louis Blues. Unfortunately, Friday night, the St. Louis Blues had their season end in heartbreaking fashion, losing uh, off of a, basically a buzzer beater goal in the final five seconds. We're going to be spending this episode breaking down the game, the season, and honestly just paying tribute to what has been a spectacular season of St. Louis Blues hockey. Uh, plus, uh, big big announcement that you guys might have seen on Twitter. Um, we'll get into that too. Uh, make sure you stay tuned. It's going to be an action-packed, busy episode. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and well, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Thomas Welch, and uh, got a big episode for you today. Before we get into any of that, though, Tommy, I am going to turn the, turn the mic over to you. I know you got something that you know you want to talk about briefly. I know you said you guys might have seen it on Twitter, but again, Tommy, all you, before we get into this episode. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's been a long ride with Josh, obviously, some of the best times of my life, um, but daily podcast covering blues hockey, even in the offseason, uh, covering it three times a week, it's just very, very difficult to do uh, with a full-time job and doesn't leave me a lot of free time to myself. Uh, so that being said, I think the best course of action for me personally going forward is to uh, kind of step away from that aspect of my life and, uh, you know, focus on other things that I want to tend to. So this will be the last episode of Locked on Blues that I'm co-hosting. That being said, that doesn't mean I'm never going to come on again if Josh asked me to or never going to provide input or I'm definitely not going to stop tweeting about blues hockey. So I'm sure you guys will still see me from time to time, just not on a daily basis on this podcast. So I appreciate everybody um, for the support, the continued support, for listening uh, throughout this entire journey. 500 episodes, I mean, it's just absolutely top-notch stuff. And I've, like, I can't thank enough people, but especially Josh, I mean, just being there uh, from the very beginning, uh, rely on, and not only on the episodes, but like even when we're not recording, just talking about blues hockey and like, um, not only being a good co-host, but being a good friend, I think, has uh, meant the world to me. Oh, so, stop. yeah, it, it's it's stop. it's been a ride, big guy. Yeah, it's been damn man, like going all the way back, writing for Respect the Note. What was that? Five, six years ago, feels yeah, like. like long, that. long time ago. We started out as, uh, I guess you could call it coworkers on Joey Palazzola's website. Shout out Joey. Mm-hmm. The start of it all. Uh, we interviewed. Young Page Views for the first episode of the Lockdown Blues podcast. We About sat and talked parade. to him for like an hour. That was, it was ridiculous. And now, like you said, 500 episodes. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better person to do it alongside. Uh, that being said, though, I totally get you know where you're coming from. Life's moving in different directions. We're not we're not in the same place that we were when we started this. And you know, fortunately for myself, I've got a remote job, so uh, no need to panic. You're you're still getting half of the the Lockdown Blues crew that you guys know and love. I'm going to be handling responsibility solo for the time being um you know unless anything unless anything changes it's looking like it's gonna be a solo show from here on out uh, that being said you know tommy's been great gracious enough to handle all the audio editing and stuff like that so these next few weeks as i learn the ropes bear with me uh, i'm gonna be trying my best i appreciate any feedback constructive criticism you guys might have because the audio is probably sounded a little bit differently on your end i'm gonna be using a few different tips and tricks um and also, you know, like, like Tommy said, it's a big time commitment. So 
Episodes might be coming out a little later, different times. It's going to be a little different for a little bit, but again, bear with us, or bear with me, I guess I should say, because um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, finally get Tommy's bad ideas out of here. It's all mine, baby. Let's go. What I've always wanted, my own podcast. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a transition, but I'm looking forward to it. And, um, you know, I love doing this. Like I said, remote job makes it a little bit easier for me to manage my time. So I'll still be here with you guys five days a week till the season ends. And then, like you said, three days a week, um, during the off season. That being said, though, enough of this mushy stuff. We do got some hockey to talk about. And, oh man, if, if this wasn't a heartbreak for our listeners enough, uh, only probably second to the heartbreak that was felt by our listeners when when they witnessed uh, Darren Helm cue up a clap bomb from the top of the so been in the league fifteen thousand years queued up a slap shot from the top of the circle as the clock is winding down scores past Billy Huso and just shocks the Blues shocks me shocks you Tommy shocks everybody listening at home painful way for the season to go out but i will just say you know pushing the colorado avalanche as far as they did achieving what they achieved you know being being seconds away from potentially forcing a game seven i honestly think you could chalk this season up as a success yes you know you hate the way that it ended and you wish that things could have gone differently you wish bennington could have stayed healthy this and that um but all things considered w this season was a w I think you have to. I mean, just first off on the basis that you made it out of the first round, right? Which the Blues have struggled to do since they won the Cup in 2019. Um, secondly, like you said, the Blues took... Like, if you told me at the beginning of this playoffs that the Blues would win the first round and then lose to the Avs in six games, I think just taking all of that into consideration without, like, you know, all the underlying stuff to go with it, I think I'd chalk that up as a dub just off of those regards. But you didn't have Jordan Bennington... You didn't have Tory Krug. The defense was banged up as a whole. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of more injury notes that come out. I know um, I heard through the grapevine that Braden Shen has like a smorgasbord of injuries that he was dealing with. And we knew about the cracked ribs from earlier this season. So uh, I'm sure there's a couple more to go with that. But like you said, I, I think it's a dub at the end of the day. Um, that being said, there's no reason uh, for Blues fans to feel bad about, you know, being frustrated about the loss because you, you – I mean, you could have pushed that game to overtime, and who knows what would have happened, right? Because, yep. I mean, the, the Avs already beat the Blues in overtime once that series, but, you know, overtime, it's pretty much anybody's game, especially the with Blues the goaltending. The Avs once in overtime. That is also true. And especially with the goaltending that we saw from Darcy Kemper throughout that series, all he had to really do was get shots on net against him, and he kind of started swimming back there, right? And I think mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, you know, if the Blues could have done that a little bit more, they might have been more successful and gotten a different outcome in the series but like I said hiding side is 2020 um but at the end of the day you know you gotta tip your cap to the avalanche they're I mean they're a Stanley Cup favorite for a reason and I still think to this point maybe the Lightning might be the only team that's better stacked up to win the Stanley Cup than they are uh but if they both make it there that is going to be a slugfest between two juggernauts to say the least so uh it's nothing to it's nothing to like mope and dope about when you're you know getting knocked out by Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and like all of these names up and down the roster um, when the Blues obviously had 920 goal scores, uh, but a lot of them didn't show up in the series and they still forced them to six games. So you do what you can. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you can't be upset, you know, with the result. Obviously, with the way that the uh, the series went, you know, there's always going to be that part of me and that I feel like that part of most Blues fans are like, man, I, I feel like they could have won that. And I still stand by that. I think if, if things go differently, the Blues could have won the series. I don't think that they deserve to win the series. In, all, in complete honesty, I mean, you look at the shot totals in a lot of those games, I think that's that's pretty apparent. However, that's not always how hockey works. Sometimes you win series that you don't deserve to win. Sometimes, you know, you get magic, you know, in the right way. The chips fall in the right way for you to win a series. And, and you know, you, you often oftentimes you got to luck into a series win uh, to win a Stanley Cup. And I don't know if the Blues did, you know, conquered a foe as, as you know, uh, lopsided as Colorado in their cup run. But it happens and could have could have gone differently obviously but it definitely got it's got to uh, give you hope for next season and moving forward knowing that the blues can stack up with the abs and knowing that a lot of teams in the central division are going to be losing some talent um and the blues are kind of kind of uh set with the core that they have obviously there's going to be questions and i'm sure this team's gonna look pretty different heading into next season because it usually does but still you know you gotta like what the blues did this season um in this second segment we're going to be continuing to talk about the playoffs the season the players it's a wrap-up episode. It's going to be all over the place, uh, but we got a lot to talk about. That being said, Tommy, you did mention how the Colorado Avalanche are a pretty pretty tough matchup for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I would agree. Obviously, you know, the Lightning are still the favorite. They've won the last two Stanley Cups. They're looking like an absolute juggernaut. However, I think the Avs could give them a run for their money. Uh, there probably would be a pretty big underdog in that series. So if you want to put your money where your mouth is, you got to check out Bet Online. Now, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. So, I mean, where do we go next? Do we do we talk about maybe some of the, the areas that the Blues could improve on next season? Do you want to talk about the positives heading into next season? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Okay, I, I actually have a, a lingering thought that's been troubling me. Uh, so this Uh-oh. weekend I was I was watching NHL Network and they were talking about like the biggest questions that teams will be facing in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the St. Louis Blues, they brought up Vili Huso, who is an unrestricted free agent, uh, and whether or not the Blues would be interested in bringing him back or um, if they were going to go with Jordan Bennington. And if they did bring Vili Huso back, would they entertain um, trade calls for Jordan Bennington in the hopes of moving him out and moving Vili Huso into the role of starter. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Josh, and say, do you think that is the biggest question for the St. Louis Blues in the offseason? And if so, what do you do in that scenario? I mean, yeah, it's definitely a a big question. The one thing that I can pretty much guarantee you is that Vili Huso and Jordan Bennington will not be the goalie tandem next year. Uh, Joel Hofer is in in the process of... unbelievable run uh for the thunderbirds i think they just advanced to the conference finals something like that um he's yeah, playing the lights out he had a goal in the playoffs he he put and he proved with the st louis blues that he's capable of being an nhl goaltender in his limited stint uh earlier this season i think it's all but guaranteed that joel hofer will be the backup goaltender for the st louis blues this season who knows could even be a 1b type situation that the blues like going to the big question, obviously, like you said, comes with, okay, who's the 1A? Um, and I think 
unfortunately, not unfortunately, unfortunately for like theorists, I think it's a little, little more simple. I think it's got to be Jordan Bennington. Um, Jordan Bennington has the proven track record. Uh, he he showed that magic in the playoffs again before getting injured, and he has that big contract. Um, it would take a lot for Vili Huso to end up being the starter. You have to a sign Vili Huso to a starter caliber contract, which he was great in the regular season. Except towards the end, do you really want to give a guy like that a starter caliber contract? Because you know you could argue that if you end up trading White Bennington, you'd be making the same mistake again. So not only would you have to give that contract to Huso, then you'd have to find a trade partner for Jordan Bennington, which, like like we said, probably wouldn't be the easiest thing to do. I think his playoff run, uh, that even though it was limited, I think that ups his trade value. Um, so it wouldn't be as impossible as I think it would have been when he was looking like uh, uh, barely an NHL caliber goaltender for a stretch there in the regular season. But still, I think you know 90 times out of 100, Jordan Bennington ends up the starter. But who knows? Maybe the... Maybe the in-house in-house view of the goaltending situation is is a lot different than what the Blues are letting on, and maybe they were just giving Binnington run because you know he was the best goalie at the time, and they wanted to increase his trade value. Maybe their long-term plans are with Billy Huso. Maybe their long-term plans are with neither. You know, maybe they like what they have in Joel Hofer. Goaltending is such a weird position that can uh, variate from year to year. You know, Jordan Binnington was practically in the ECHL and then came up and won a Stanley Cup. Who knows? Who knows where the Blues uh, have their chips, but if I had to put money on it, I would say it would be Jordan Bennington and Joel Hofer as the one and two goalies next year. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you 50% of the way. I think okay. Jordan Bennington is absolutely the starter next season. Uh, you're, you're paying the guy $6 million to go out there and uh, give you a chance to win Stanley Cups. And we he showed that in the playoffs this season against the Avs and against the Wild that uh, he can still play lights-out hockey uh, when the when the lights are brightest. And that's, I mean, that's all you really want from any goaltender, right? Like if you can do your part on the offensive side of the puck and the defensive side of the puck, and Jordan Bennington has the worst regular season of his entire life, and you make the playoffs in on a wild card stretch, and like everyone's telling you you don't stand a chance. And then Jordan Bennington pitches like 16 consecutive straight shutouts, and then you win the Stanley Cup. Like that's all you need. So it's like you said, like goaltenders are weird, they're fickle, and they get hot at different stretches of the season. But if, if you've got a goalie that really turns it on in the playoffs, and I know the Blues had some first round exits, and one of those was in the bubble, which didn't have fans. And it's just, it's been weird with COVID, right? And I feel like the true testament that's closer to Jordan Bennington's game uh, is what we saw this season and what we saw in 2019, as opposed to the two sandwiched in between there that was just weird seasons in general. Um, so I think Jordan Bennington's the lock for starter. Uh, that being said, I think Joel Hofer is still kind of young and he's absolutely showing promise as a prospect. But the Blues, mm-hmm. I feel like, are typically pretty careful with um, throwing guys in the fire, as they say. I mean, even with Perunovic and yeah. Jake Neighbors, like, you know, those guys showed flashes that they're absolutely capable of playing at the NHL level, but they still kind of, you know, held them back for as long as they possibly could until they burst through that wall. So I think uh, you'd probably hold off on Joel Ho for a little bit until, you know, he absolutely forces your hand and makes you uh, call him up to the bigs. So I think I think Chucky Sideburns as the backup next year is the move for the St. Louis Blues. And not only not only because of that, but I think to your point, like there's no way you bring back Billy Huso, sign him for like three, four million dollars because he kinda, you know, lost some money in the playoffs there. Uh, but then you don't have any Cap space, I mean, we don't have cap space in general right now, but then you're really handcuffing yourself uh, to address the real problem of this team, which is the defense. And I think that is 
uh, the number one question for the Blues facing this offseason, not only the defense and how do you fix it, but what do you do about Nick Letty? Because he was the trade deadline acquisition that kind of came in and I wouldn't say completely turned this defense around, but this defense looked 10 times better with him in the fold. Um, and the defensive zone exits looked 100 times better, but he is a free agent. Uh, he is getting up there in age. Is that a guy that you know, you want to be the highest bidder on to bring back into the fold. And, you know, he's probably going to like the fact that you're, you know, competing for Stanley Cups and all that stuff. But uh, has he has he spent long a long enough time here uh, to value being here over just getting the most bang for his buck? Yeah, I mean, a lot of questions that, you know, we obviously don't have time to get into today. Uh, fortunately, you know, with the Blues being out, that's all I'm going to have time to talk about in the coming weeks and months and stuff. So, you know, stay tuned, uh, like I said, in the following episodes to, uh, to hear me cover that. That being said, though, in this upcoming third and final segment, we'll be talking about our overall expectations for the season and whether or not the Blues uh, surpass them, underwhelm their expectations. Who knows? We'll be getting into that. Make sure you stay tuned. Okay, Tommy, in this final segment of your Locked on Blues career, so it's only fitting that we encapsulate this entire season into seven minutes of, of content here. Um, in terms of your expectations, when you sat down, when you looked at this roster before opening night, we all had expectations. Obviously, it's hard to remember what those expectations were because the season has changed so much. But if you could try to put yourself in the shoes of, of the Thomas Welch from the beginning of the season, would you say your expectations were met? Were they Were they blown away where you do you feel underwhelmed do you feel right right on the mark what are your thoughts with how this season went as a whole well I think we were both on the same page that making it out of the first round was a dub right so I think just in terms of that you know you got to put your hands together and give some applause to not only the St. Louis Blues but past us for being like you know this is the threshold and the Blues have passed it uh that being said I think also our expectations like we said making it out of the first round was a dub, but expectations have to be like, you know, a Stanley Cup contending team because of, I mean, you brought in Buchnevich, you brought in Saad, you brought, you brought in all these guys, you had Bennington, like, this team was loaded from top to bottom, and we saw it. Was, okay, I'm going to sidebar real quick. Was this a Stanley Cup contending team? I think so. I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I, agree. Uh, I think Whitney on Spit and Chicklets said that uh, the winner of this series between the Avs and the Blues would go to the Stanley Cup and potentially win it or something like that. I think he's spot on. I mean, yeah. imagine the Blues matched up against the Edmonton Oilers. And like, no offense to the Oilers, but like, if you can lock down McKinnon and McCarr with the way that the Blues managed to do the entire series, except for like one game where, I don't know, McKinnon had a hat trick, you know. Or Not something. ideal, but yeah, over the course of six games, if that happens once, like that's huge. That's a dub for the Blues. Um, so I feel like if, you've, if you really only have to worry about you know, Connor McDavid, it's, it's, it's Connor McDavid, right? He's going to take over a game at some point, but if you can, you know, neutralize him. Yeah. If you can neutralize him, which I feel like O'Reilly would be capable of doing and then just worry about dry sidle. And I feel like defensively, like they've got Darnell nurse, but really no, no other guys like jump off the page at you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I think, I think the, the abs were a much more menacing foe than the Edmonton Oilers. So if the blues would have made it past that, go up against the Oilers, you know, who knows what could have happened, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, you're spot on that this this Blues team was absolutely capable, especially with Bennington in net, uh, of contending for a Stanley Cup and potentially winning one. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, the, the, the road to get there is, is never going to be easy. Um, but you know, that that's, that's how it works. If you're going to win a Stanley cup, you're going to beat teams that also deserve to win a Stanley cup. I mean, Hey, qu- quick shout out to my, my Boston Celtics. They, they beat, they beat three teams that everyone thought could win the, the NBA championship on their way there. So there's no, there's no shame in losing to a better contending team. Um, so, I mean, you can't be mad at that. You can't say, oh, they're not a contender. They lost in the second round. Well, yeah, they also pushed probably the second best team in the NHL to six games and were five seconds away and to bounce an overtime away from pushing them to seven games, which, like you said, who knows what could have happened. So, yeah, the, the, the chips fall differently. They don't, maybe they don't match up with Colorado until the finals. Maybe Colorado gets bounced out by another team. The Blues absolutely find themselves in the Stanley Cup final. It just didn't happen this year. They just didn't. They just didn't you know, have that little extra magic, which as a contending team, it's not going to be, it's not going to happen every year unless you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I don't think you can be mad at the way that the Blues went out. Obviously, bounces go differently. They very well could have won that series, but I think that's more of a, a reason for optimism than pessimism because if they find themselves that's matched up against the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs next year, which they very well could, I think that they have a little bit better of a chance in the series now that they know what makes them tick, now that they know how to you know, counteract the avalanche and the avalanche are theoretically likely going to be getting a little bit worse. Um, I forget who, who's a free agent for them, that there's no way they're bringing them back, but I know that they got a couple guys that they're not going to afford all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. Again, the blues are in a good spot. Um, and in terms of expectations, I would say they're absolutely met and probably exceeded a little bit. Uh, at least on my end, I wanted a playoff run. We got that. We got a very exciting series against the Colorado avalanche. The blues, had one of if not the greatest playoff comeback i've ever seen from them um in that game where they won in overtime one of the most exciting playoff games i've ever seen uh so yeah you know what it would have been nice to see them win a stanley cup but all things considered i'm very happy with the way that the season went um obviously off season big questions lots of question marks blues aren't exactly a young team so there's a little bit of a sense of urgency there uh, but that being said, you know, they got plenty of young talent in Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, and it looks like Robert Thomas finally exercised his playoff demons there right up at the end of the series. Um, they so both got knows? a lot of much-needed yeah. experience, too. In yeah, this exactly. Exactly. It really feels like they're getting ready to hand the reins over to them uh, as the future leaders of this team. I like the direction that this team is heading in. It's not like a situation where, like, you had the Blackhawks or the Red Wings a few years ago where it was like, crap, the second that this window closes, we're going to be a— uh, lottery team competing for a top three pick. No, even when, even though you got old guys on this team, besides the defense, which I'm sure the Blues will figure out, the offense is in great hands. The goaltending is in great hands. Um, this Blues team is shaping up to be one that can compete for years to come. Yeah, and I think, okay, so there's a couple more burning questions, I think, that are on a lot of uh, Blues fans' minds, especially after that last game. So I think number one is, are, is David Perron coming back? I think the resounding answer to that is absolutely no Gotta chance. Be. Yeah, there's no way. Like, the dude's going to retire a blue 100%. You can't fault him if he does go out on the market uh, and look for, you know, like the most money and most bang for his buck. But I think you can fault uh, Doug Armstrong if he doesn't, you know, offer that to a guy that has not only led your team in scoring and paved the way for these young guys to learn from, but uh, has been a vital group of your leadership core for, I mean, who knows how long, like 10 plus years, right? Uh, So I think that kind of settles that one. I think a more pressing question is 
on the basis of Vladimir Tarasenko because of the trade requests and all those things, like, and because he was kind of silent against the Avalanche, was that the last Blues game that we saw with Vladimir Tarasenko? And will that, and if he does leave, will that affect his legacy? And then I think a lot of people are asking questions about Colton Pareko, which are probably viable questions, uh, just because that last game was kind of rough. I don't know if you try to move him in the offseason uh, or trade him because, you know, that contract is kind of big and over eight years, like, that's rough. But I think at the end of the day, like, Colton Pareko's a good, solid defenseman, and one bad game doesn't change that. Um, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that basis, Josh? Because something has to happen defensively. I don't know if Colton Pareko is the answer, but him being the number one guy, I think we kind of saw this season that Justin Falk more so moved into that role than Colton Pareko. But if you put Colton Pareko out there by himself, he needs somebody else to depend on when he, and that's when he's most effective. Yeah, I mean, I think the arguments for Vladimir Tarasenko and Colton Pareko could be pr- pretty similar um, when you sum them up, and it's that like I don't have a problem paying Vladimir Tarasenko seven and a half million. I don't have a problem paying Colton Pareko five and a half million. Did both of them underwhelm that number? Probably a little bit. Um, and the thing that comes down to that it comes down to for me is would that money be better allocated differently? You know, would would I rather have two more depth forwards than one Vladimir Tarasenko? Would I rather have two more top four defensemen than one Colton Pareko? Obviously, you know, at that price point, you're not necessarily getting that when it comes to Pareko. But regardless, I think that that money could be better allocated. Um, Are you talking about Matthew Kachuk? I wasn't, but. <laughs> I could be. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people are talking about him too. So I just think I think both of the, both the forward and forward core and the defense feel like they have a little bit of fat they could shed off, um, and it's gonna. I, I would suspect it's gonna happen somehow. Um, the Blues got what three defensemen that they're locked. They got locked up for like six years at about six mil, even for all three of them and Krug, Falk, and Pareko. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those three not in a Blues uniform next season, and the most likely candidate would be Colton Pareko. Same thing for the forward core. It's just like, you don't you don't want to commit that much money and that much term to that many guys reaching the wrong side of 30. Um, that's how you get in a situation like I was talking about earlier with the Chicago Blackhawks, where the second that they their core you know took a step back, they were like one of the worst teams in the NHL. And I'm not saying it's what the Blues are due, because honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see them double down on this core and that would concern me a little bit but i think the smart move is to you know uh cut take your losses while you can and say yeah maybe vladimir tarasenko for one more year would be great but what if we can bring in some 24 year old forward whatever obviously you're gonna have so much time to talk about this from in the, the calgary offseason. flames okay yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> gonna have so much time to talk about this in the offseason but i i definitely think it would be smart for the blues to allocate a little bit more uh towards the youth uh, of this team you know and maybe that's saying goodbye to certain core members but that's what you that's what you got to do um when you're in a position like that it's going to be a fun off season because like you said like we've both been saying they could very well keep both colton pareko and vladimir tarasenko and run it back with a pretty identical team or if they trade one or both of those guys this team is going to look completely different um Honestly, and honestly, I have no idea what to expect. So it's gonna be fun. Um, any more pressing concerns, Tommy? We got, we got uh, I w- two off the top of my dome. Um, okay. If you're looking for help in the off season, 
and Blues are looking at free agents. As much as Blues fans are going to hate to hear it right now, I don't think there is a player that would fit the Blues system more, especially if they end up not bringing David Perron back. Uh, I don't think there's a player that would fit the blue system more in terms of like getting playing with an edge, playing with skill, and getting under players' skin more than Kadri. So oh I'm not I'm God, not saying no the chance. Blues are going to bring no him chance. in. I'm just saying he no would be a chance. perfect fit. And then also, I think the emergence of Alexi Torpachenko in this playoffs has been huge. And um, you know, we gave him some respect uh, on his last couple of games, but I think he could be just a bullet and rise up the ranks of this team extremely fast. And if that is the case, uh, because of his similar playing style to Ivan Barbashev, I think it could mm. potentially make Barbashev expendable. Yep. And after him coming off of a career year, he kind of went silent in the playoffs. You know, obviously you don't hope the guy uh, was injured any or anything and we'll hear, you know, more as those reports come out. Uh, and that'll probably change my thinking on this. But if he was healthy in the playoffs and went silent, and you've got Torpachenko waiting in the wings, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ivan Barbashev moved in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. There's so many questions to answer. Um, can't get to all of them today, but that's why you know we've, we're going to be doing this podcast, or I'm going to be doing this podcast throughout the offseason, going to be having all that stuff covered for you guys. That being said, though, we are getting close to the end of today's episode. So, Tommy, any, any closing thoughts, final words for our listeners? That's all I got. I just want to say thank you guys uh, for all the memories and the questions and the listens and uh, everything. As always, you can follow me at Twelcher15 on Twitter. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to stop tweeting about Blues hockey or ever watching any St. Louis sports, so uh, you can still hang out with me there. And uh, I don't think this will be the last time I'm in front of a microphone either. So, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. But, Absolutely. yeah, I appreciate all of you guys, especially you, Josh, for, you know, being there from day one. So. Much yep, love, always. Yep. Lots of good memories. Uh, moving on to a new chapter, like you said, but I'm sure that this this won't be the last time. Um, you've got a sneaking suspicion that you'll be a, a semi-frequent guest, guest as the next season approaches and stuff like that. That being said, though, thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, bear with me as we go through some changes over these next few episodes, next few weeks. Looking forward to any uh, feedback, constructive criticism you guys may have. Leave it down in our YouTube comments. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube at Lockdown Blues. We've been growing there really, really rapidly. Love to see that. Uh, and also hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That way you never miss a new upload. Same with YouTube. you got a little notification bell in the top right corner next to the subscribe button. Hit that as well. That way, send a notification right to your phone whenever Smoke we upload. Smoke that thing. Smoke it. Annihilate yes, it. Annihilate it. Uh, that being said, follow up all, all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.